We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. To the start me up uh, to the woman to woman. I my apologies. The woman to woman show. There's my menopausal moment. To the woman to woman show here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. It is a wet day out there. The autumn has arrived. Our Indian summer has gone. It's Wednesday, so as I said, you are tuned in and listening to the Woman to Woman show here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. It's back to the old school runs, traffic congestion, and the taxi of mum. Dad, Granny, Grandpa, and for many families around the city today, it's time to pop on the kettle or pull into the nearest coffee takeaway, petrol station, coffee shop, whatever, and grab a cup of coffee. And a big thank you to Don Devlin uh, for entertaining us this last hour. On the Woman to Woman show today, we are talking about women's health. And October is both breast and menopausal month. Both these topics are very dear and close to the Woman to Woman's heart. Uh, shows heart literally get it literally close to my heart I'm in a I'm in a good mood first day I've had a really good men- uh, day without menopause symptoms for the last six months on the show today I am joined by Kilkenny's civil defence officer Catherine Peacock who herself lived with the breast cancer in the early 2000s and overcame the disease Catherine there's a lot to Catherine Peacock's bow Catherine is a qualified holistic and sports therapist Catherine returned to um, education in back in after she had the breast cancer and she got her degree in the Catherine remind us of the degree it's a BA honours in health promotion in health promotion mm-hmm. so health and everything is all part of Catherine's life and um, Catherine is now living a healthy and purposeful life as her role as civil defence officer coordinating the civil defence and keeping us all physically safe and on the line, we have one of Ireland's leading midlife menopausal experts, Breda Birmingham. Breda, as many of our listeners will know, is a regular contributor to the Woman to Woman show, informing and educating us all on life-changing transition for women throughout the menopause. Breda is the founder of the Midlife Women's Rock Project and the Midlife Women Rock Cafes in 2019. These platforms inform and empower women to positively and proactively manage their menopausal transition. Breda graduated from the Social Entrepreneurs Ireland Academy in 2019. This was instrumental in assisting Breda to setting up her first midlife women rock cafes in Waterford in 2019. As a former midlife and public health nurse, Breda worked with women for years in both the public and private sectors. Breda returned to full-time education five years ago and completed a psychology degree in 2018. And Breda has just completed a master's in sociology in Manute. Um, University. Breda's Masters involved interviewing women in Ireland on how they experience and understand and negotiate their menopause. Breda's dissertation, it was, the title of Breda's dissertation was The Silence Taboo and Midlife Women will be published in the coming months. And Breda, you're very welcome and Catherine to the Woman to Woman show. Thank you, Thank you very much. Lovely to be here again, Roisin. Uh, 
it's great to have you and Catherine together. I can finally sort of introduce you and Catherine, even though it is on the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be there, Roisin. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to to uh, to get to Kilkenny today, but uh, we, we must catch up again soon. Definitely, definitely, uh, Bridger. So... So this month is both two very uh, health issues which are very close to my heart and to many women's hearts and families across Kilkenny City today. And it's also something, a topic and an issue that is very close to the Woman to Woman show. Uh, Breast cancer and menopausal awareness month. First of all, if I could come to Catherine. Catherine, um, you know, you are a survivor of breast cancer. I am, yes, thank God. And this is uh, menop- this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. So back in 2005, I, um, I had breast cancer. At the time, I was 33. Um, and I suppose that's, people might think that's a, a young age to have breast cancer, but actually, um, you know, so many women have it at a young age. You know, people assume it's an older person's um, disease, but it's not. You know, so many young women are suffering from breast cancer. Um, I found the lump myself while I was showering, um, a small lump, thought nothing of it, but then in true form, I couldn't leave it alone. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll call my doctor. And my GP was amazing. She was really, really good. Um, and, you know, she she said, look, it's probably a cyst, but we'll get that checked out anyway. So she sent me off to um, a general surgeon who himself thought it was probably a cyst as well. Um, and recommended that I leave it for a year. Um, I made the choice not to leave it. I asked him to remove it. Um, Not because I thought it was anything sinister, to be honest, uh, but because I just knew it was there and I couldn't leave it alone. So um, I was booked in to have um, day surgery and and have the lump removed. And because of my age, um, you know, women my age don't tend to have mammograms. Um, so I, I wasn't down for a mammogram beforehand, um, but thankfully the um, the person that was doing the uh, ultrasound beforehand, you know, he thought there was something sinister about it, so he sent me for a mammogram, and as it turned out, it was um, breast cancer. So I ended up having surgery that day to remove it. Um, we still didn't know at the time that it was breast cancer, obviously until the results came back from... Um, from the the clinic and I then had to have subsequent uh, two more surgeries one to remove the rest of the lump and a clearance Um, and then my nodes came back as positive as well so I had to have my lymph nodes removed yeah so it was a a long journey and then of course followed by um, radiotherapy for I think it was 12 weeks and chemotherapy was yeah it was it was a a long time about a year I suppose in total from being diagnosed to um finishing my treatment and Catherine you were also for the there was two programs on RTE um where you featured a full uh tv program on your your cancer treatments yes so um I, I went on the the health squad program um purely because you know I thought myself okay I'm gonna have radiotherapy and chemotherapy and always assumed that I knew what they were um, until you're faced with having them and then you think, well, really, what are they? Um, so I wanted to show other women you know, what was involved in having radiotherapy and chemotherapy. Um, and the first programme obviously showed my chemotherapy um, and that was 
really successful and and a lot of people reacted well to that program so they asked me if I would be willing to to show them uh, the follow-up treatment and the the radiotherapy which I was happy to do um, because as I said I I didn't know what was involved in that treatment so I just hope that it helped other women to um, allay the fears I suppose of of what these treatments are. Because even when at the very beginning it uh, even even showed the viewers of you getting your hair shaved. That's right, yes. I made that decision um, quite early on. As soon as my hair started to fall out, I was going to have it shaved. Um, I did have a wig made. Um, I got my sister-in-law to shave my head. I have to say that was probably the most traumatic experience. But actually, I think it was the thought of it more than anything. Because as soon as I had it done, I thought, yeah, that looks okay. And, and I was fine. And I never actually wore my wig. Um, no, you never do. No, yeah. no, I chose not to. Um, they're very uncomfortable. Um, you know, I just didn't like it. I thought, okay, this is me right now. Um, and I'm going to to be me and I'm going to show everybody what I look like right now. Um, and I was fine with that. <laughs> Some other people weren't so responsive, responsive to that. But um, yeah, I, I was happy. But one thing that struck me afterwards was... Um, when I was having my my radiotherapy one of the nurses came up to me and she said thank you and I said well what for and she said for not wearing your wig and I said why and she said you would not believe how many of the younger women are now coming in not wearing their wig and just being comfortable with themselves and that was lovely to hear because you were very open about it at the time as yeah. well because you were also um, studying your sports injury and sports therapy so just before that and um, why you were going through the chemo and the cancer and before that you were doing your holistic treatments and that's where we met yes and you actually you know you inspired me even way back then thank you and you know so then you went on after that you went on and got your degree in the uh, bachelor of honors in health promotion down in waterford yeah that's right um i suppose i had come back from england having been in the police service um in england and just felt like I needed a new challenge and um, I had thought about going to college before I had the cancer but I suppose my maybe I was I was influenced by the cancer to to opt for health promotion but I did that um, for four years afterwards yeah and Catherine, you know, and now you're you were work you, in Kilkenny. You were in the PPN for a long time, and you you you, you launched the P- PPN, and now you are looking after all our civilians here in Kilkenny uh, as a the civil defence officer. Yep, um, <laughs> had a varied career. Um, yes, I'm the civil defence officer in Kilkenny. Um, you know, we we're a support service to the emergency services. So at the moment, we've been very, very busy throughout COVID. We have ambulances, we have trained medical staff. So we've been taking uh, people to and from uh, hospital appointments, doctor's appointments, COVID test centres. Um, yeah, it's, it's an honour to be able to do that. And Brida, you're on the line. Um, may I introduce you to Catherine? Now you know who Catherine is. <laughs> yes, I'm just listening here in, in, in awe uh, on her, her journey um, and, and how brave she was in um, going on the health squad programme there that she said, you know, in allaying the fears for so many others. Uh, it was a, a very brave move, I'm sure, at the time. Oh, thank you, Verita. Yeah, it's to be honest, I don't find feel that it was a brave move. I didn't feel like it was then either. And yeah. um, it's something that helped me to get through it because it was something for me to focus on as well. And I just felt like I was I was doing something 
good for other people as well. So that yeah. that was, a, you know, it was a bonus for me. And in listening to you as well, Catherine, what I'm I'm, I'm kind of hearing is that you took control of your kind of your treatment journey. It yes. sounds like you 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 know you you were in control of a lot of what was happening to you. Did you feel that when? I absolutely were. did, Brady. You're, you're very yeah. right in picking up on that. Um, I thought that was really important for me. I met people along my journey um, that I suppose some gave in to the, the disease. Um, others were, were terrified. Um, and then others, you know, took control. And I wanted to be one of the people that took control and to try and help other people to take control along the way. You know, there's, there's an awful lot that you're not in control of. Um, yes. But what yes. you can be in control of, I think you should. Mm, yes, yeah, and there's lo- lots of research on that as well in relation to the, to menopause. It's it's interesting um, because with, let's say with menopause, because it has been such a taboo subject, and we haven't spoken about it, um, an awful lot of women are not in control when they arrive, let's say, at the door of menopause, and they don't know what to expect or they don't know what to do. And it, just with my own research, let's say in the last year, once women are informed and they're supported and they understand what's actually happening to them. Women are amazing um, in how they can manage um, menopausal symptoms. I absolutely agree with you. I was forced into the menopause at 33 um, because my cancer was hormone fed. Um, So, you know, I've been in the menopause now. I'm 49 now. So quite a while. Um, I don't know when it'll end (laughs) because it certainly hasn't yet. Um, And I, I think there's an awful lot more research to be done into the menopause um, especially for younger women because nobody can tell me you know when when my menopause will end do I I mean this might be a very silly question but do, do I go back into almost menopausal uh, state from the start when my body would not normally have naturally have gone into the menopause um, you know if I ask a doctor I normally I'm normally told that it's oh you know maybe seven years well I've I've over doubled that at the moment and I'm still having menopausal symptoms yes Catherine have you heard of the daisy network no I haven't Right, well, the, the day I would, uh, I'm just uh, at a guess now, the Daisy Network, they do a lot of work in England, um, in the UK, with, with younger women, let's say, that are, um, that arrive into menopause early. And uh, here in Ireland, Catherine O'Keefe, you know, Catherine's from Kilkenny originally, mm-hmm. uh, the wellness warrior, she is their representative in Ireland. So I would imagine Catherine would have some information on that. Oh, that's on, fantastic. Um, and yeah, I can pass on uh, yeah. Catherine O'Keefe's number for Brilliant. you, Catherine. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Uh, on that, on yeah, but you're so right there. I mean, that's another part of uh, of menopause. Uh, it's the early menopause, let's say perimenopause, mm-hmm. and then with menopause, we've postmenopause, and the research. You know, th- there's been a massive dearth in research. Um, and when I, I mean, I'm one of the very few that have actually done any Irish research. Um, uh, there were two other studies I found before I did my own in Minutes, um started it last year but it's one of the most under-researched um, areas in women's healthcare but midlife women in general we are the most under-researched cohort anyway in the academic world and the consequences are kind of starting to emerge now with, with women speaking about health conditions that have been ignored for, for decades I totally agree with you but I think I think we're probably to blame a bit ourselves in that we get on and get up and, and get mm. going 
yeah. with all of our symptoms and and tend to forget about ourselves yes um yeah mm. i i would yeah. definitely agree with you yeah and as roshan would know there let's say in the last year and a half in particular in the uk now i mean it's menopause i can say is flourishing the, the amount of information that's uh, trickling into the public domain is huge and we're we're starting here and things are getting better and it's wonderful now we're, we're entering menopause awareness month and i think everybody is going to hear an awful lot more about menopause in the coming month um but the, the taboo the silence from my own research again the silence is feeding an awful lot of the the issues around um menopause and it's by opening up talking sharing the stories about what is happening to us and then for women to understand what is happening it's not just a physical uh change in our, in our bodies let's say there's emotional psychological changes as well and uh, a lot of the time it's understanding that you know emotional psychological change that we we do change as women as we go through menopause in in the sense, let's say um, that surgical, surgically induced your menopause would have been Catherine, let's say, mm-hmm. because of the breast cancer. Yes. But I, when I when I talk about women, let's say that are mid forties, uh, late forties, um, there's a kind of a transformation there as we we move through, um, which is actually quite um, it's a quite a deep transformation. Um, and it's something that it, it brings out a lot of uh, what I call gifts that w- w- women can tap into, like deep creativity, um, this magnificent courage where you just do not give a toss about what people think about you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also um, massive opportunities for um, personal growth as we're, we're transitioning through menopause. Um, lots. I, even today, I got another a text message there from a, a lady who told me she's going back to education. Um, but there's a new window of opportunity opening up for women now between the ages of 50 and 70. Because we're all going to be living longer, we're healthier, and provided we look after our health, um, the, the, the research is pointing to a, a kind of a massive opening there for women between 50 and 70 um, with opportunities, second chances education career change um you know there's there's an awful lot um available to women now it's it it is changing and in the uk uh, there are quite a number of um stalwart um trailblazers let's say celebs and um let's say nurses coaches uh, doctors meg matthews there is has a big book coming out tomorrow She's calling menopause the new hot, so she's completely <laughs> changing the story around menopause. It's gone from, you know, the comedic, um, w- f- uh, fat, sweaty, and uh, going going downhill to the, the new hot and the new sexy. This is how she's portraying menopause. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> have you heard, Roisin, have you heard of her, uh, her new book, Meg no. Matthews? Oh, yes, I did. Mad Matthews. Yes, I did. And do you know what? I'm actually thinking, you know, even though, and we've had this conversation before, Brita, Mm -hmm. the menopause, it is like, oh, my God, it's the biggest challenge of my life. And I've been through so many challenges, but this is the one that's floored me. But at the same time, the menopause is also very liberating for women. Yes. Yes, yes. You see, I suppose it's it's the management, I suppose, is key, Roisin. It's 
reaching out and, and, and getting the help and getting the right help or getting the, the right supports are so, so important. And us women, like as Catherine mentioned earlier, we look after everybody else and we put everybody else their needs before our own but when you arrive at the door as you know of perimenopause and your symptoms are quite severe you really have to start looking after um, your, yourself and it pays dividends you know it really does as, as you know Roisin oh I know and we do yeah, yeah. but it's the, the framing the way menopause has been framed uh, has disempowered women for, for decades that, uh, I've discovered that as well in reviewing the research because it's framed in a way let's say it's the, the words like or the narratives around it are crisis loss degenerative mm-hmm. disease it's downhill um, and, and they, those that terminology has not helped women at all and you could I could go as far as saying that in many ways you know menopausal women have been dehumanized if you look look at the literature um, in the sense that if you go back uh, 30, 40 years ago, you know, your value was having a baby. So, you know, you fulfilled your role as a mother, then that was it in society. And there are certain countries today where that um, narrative still exists. You know, you, you, your reproductive years finish, so your contribution to society, you know, is over. And women are not seen as anything more than um, mothers, whereas you know, with the way the world is evolving, I mean, women are so much more than just being a mother or being a wife. Um, there is an awful lot more to us, and the, the up and coming research is um, all around the killer whales, killer women. Have you heard about that one, Catherine? No. Killer whales, killer women. <laughs> There's a great paper by an Australian academic it came out last year. Um, and it's based on the scientists who are now uh, monitoring the the whales because whales are the only animals or mammals that actually um, go through menopause and the whales, the role post-menopause is leadership. Um, That that is what what they actually do. They take leadership of their pods and they're in charge of um, deciding where the pod is going to go and who comes into the pod and looking after the the younger members of, of the pod and like uh, this uh, Australian academic last year um, she wrote a great paper called Killer Whales, Killer Women and the scientists now are looking at um, menopause as a kind of a journey towards empowerment or a gateway into women uh, tapping into more authentic power well, Brida, we just have to go for a, a, a quick commercial break, but you'll be still in uh, in conversation with Catherine Peacock and myself. Uh, sure. So we're going to take a short commercial break. And maybe when we come back, we'll talk about more as well, maybe that empowerment and leadership. And also maybe we could go through the three stages of the transition, the perimenopause and the symptoms and menopause and then postmenopause. Yes. Yes, lovely. And, and, and how women are more empowered, as you say, let's change the narrative of menopause. Let's change it all now and um, talk about how the women are liberated as well as going through the, tra- the transition of menopause. Yes, great. We'll change that here on the Woman to Woman show. <laughs> Do stay tuned. We're going to go for a short commercial break and we'll be back with Catherine Peacock and Peter Birmingham. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Woman, woman. 
michaelkennysalttherapy.ie sponsors Woman to Woman on CRKC 88.7 FM. You're very welcome back to the Woman to Woman show with me, Roshini Cleric. And don't forget, we are streaming live on www.com crkc.ie or you can text us and ask any question to Catherine Peacock and Vida Birmingham on 086-353-7782 Vida um, Birmingham and Catherine Peacock you're still with us here on the Woman to Woman show and we're talking all things health and October is breast and menopausal awareness month and women's health is a massive issue and as you said, Brita, earlier on in the programme, the menopause is the most under-researched women's health issue. Yes, and, and that's part, I think, of the... That's part of the problem, you see, with, um, the, the, let's say, menopause management is the fact that it has been a taboo and a silent subject for so long. And in society, when <clears throat> there's shame or stigma attached to anything, it, it keeps people, I suppose, limited in many ways. Um, but what has happened in, in the UK in the last year and a half um, and subsequently happened here is that women are starting to speak up and they're starting to openly um, look for help. And as I have seen here in Waterford, let's say with the cafes and um, with the course that I ran earlier this year, most of the women that I'm meeting, they've never really spoken to anybody about menopause before they've they've come to the cafe um which is not uncommon you know because there's a wall of silence still uh, in relation to menopause and it's just typical of any taboo subject when there's a taboo subject unless more and more and more of us speak out about it that's what's going to break down the the walls let's say of, of the silence and um remove a lot of the myths you know, many myths are perpetuated around menopause and uh, they need to go. But I think now, if you watch media for the month of October, you, you're going to see lots and lots about menopause on it. <sighs> and Brida, I met you at one of um, Catherine, Catherine O'Keefe's The Wellness Warriors events and then I just, by chance, we were sitting beside one another. We did, then you got up and left and I left. And I think a month later then, I went down to the Menopause Cafe with uh, our mutual acquaintance, Brida, uh, Brida Gardner. And I went down to your Menopause Cafe and I was completely, it was like I was stopped in my tracks and I felt, oh my God, I am here. I'm not going crazy. I'm not going mad. Another alien from outer space hasn't come in and overtook my body. You showed up on your PowerPoint there the the, the forty different uh, menopause symptoms, and I I had thirty five out of the forty, <laughs> and it was like, oh my god, breather, you are like my guardian angel, and you have really. You've you've made you you made me understand exactly what I was going through, and that this was normal and it was okay. And you know, you also empowered as me. And if you did it to me, you did it to so many other women. That like Catherine has done with the breast cancer and breast awareness, that you both have made it empowering for women to talk about the issues. And Roshan, that that is the key. You see, it's the lack of it from, from, from a menopause perspective. It's the lack of information. Once women are provided with information and once they, they're, they're um, taught, let's say, how to manage menopause, you know, women can, will, will thrive. So it's 
the lack of supports out there and the lack of information. Women, a lot of women are, are reaching the door of menopause and they don't understand what is happening to them. You know, they've been competent and capable, able to multitask for years, but suddenly um, they reach their <laughs> mid to late 40s and um, they're just wondering what's wrong with them. And unfortunately, a lot of women are internalizing issues. You know, they're blaming themselves uh, when they can't cope, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way to manage um, perimenopause or perimenopausal symptoms. And the other huge myth is it's perimenopause. That's where all the symptoms are, not really menopause. It's the perimenopause period. Those It can go from two to five years or longer, let's say, and that's where a lot of symptoms and women, maybe they may be 42, 43, uh, and they may feel, oh, you know, I couldn't be perimenopausal. But a lot of time... You know, they are, and it's, it's, again, getting the right support and getting the information. It's life-changing. That's the feedback I, I'm getting, anyway, from, from women on the ground. But I find that very interesting that you say that it's the, the perimenopausal stage where you, you have all the symptoms. So yeah. when you go into the actual full-blown menopause, what symptoms would you have then, or what has changed? Catherine, you see, if you look at it, again, because it's, so, it's been a period of life that has been so under-researched, if you look at the clinical definition of menopause, uh, menopause is the day after you have had no period, let's say, for one year. This is in the textbook. Of course, there's nothing about if you end up with breast cancer or you end up having your womb removed, let's say, in your 30s or 40s, because again it's it's under research that's that's the issue here mm. but a menopause itself it's so you have to have 12 months if you're over 50 with no period and you have to have two years 24 months without a period if you're under 50 to be di- diagnosed as meno- in, in menopause that's mm. the clinical definition okay but menopause there's, there's a bigger definition than the clinical definition you see i think um, there's the medicalization of menopause, and then I'm looking at the sociological, psychological um, side of menopause, which we, t- we talk about menopause as kind of being a journey or it's um, um, a passage, a kind of a life passage. It's like the reversal of puberty, and puberty takes a few years. There are mood swings, there are changes in our body, and it's the reverse that's happening in, in menopause. The hormones are declining. They don't go completely. They're, they're declining. But you are then actually able to tap into a kind of... Um, and this all comes from the psychological, the sociological, the cultural literature. You, you're actually tapping them in then to another source within you, um, which is quite powerful. And um, many, many women tell me that... Um, they talk about this menopausal zest. The anthropologist Margaret Mead talks about when people come through menopause, they have this massive energy and vitality and within their, their bodies and they go off and um, either end up changing career or changing business or going off on a year to traveling. But it's called menopausal zest and... Um, it comes out of the sociological, psychological, and the cultural literature. Mm-hmm. It's not really in the medical literature or the clinical literature. Um, but again, it's the understanding of what menopause is actually about. So it's a transformation. You know, we are changing as women. 
when we're going through menopause. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that zest to come and hit me. <laughs> I'll welcome it. <laughs> I think probably yeah. for, for the likes of me that went in so young to menopause, um, and you're right, I had a hysterectomy then as well, so, um, right. you know, yeah. it, it was full full on. Um, Catherine, it would definitely be worth speaking to um, Catherine O'Keefe. I, I definitely uh, link up with Catherine. Um, and even uh, there are lots of links in the UK as well. Uh, the Daisy Network is a fantastic organisation. I'd actually be very interested to hear about a little bit more about your cafe. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's a, let's say I set up the cafes last summer in um, Waterford here, and we we had the first one in Grow HQ. And what they are, they're based on menopause cafes that started up in Scotland, um, Catherine. And um, I was on the Social Entrepreneurs Academy last year, and they were they they helped me to set up the the cafe here in Waterford. And the reason I set it up is my background is I was a public health nurse and a midwife for years, and mm-hmm. I saw the power of breastfeeding support groups, mother and toddler groups, and of women helping other women. Yeah. So that's where the idea is coming from. So we let's say between um, September and March before COVID, we met up every month in the Waterford Health Park uh, mm-hmm. here in Waterford City. And um, the women arrived at the cafe, had a cup of coffee, and um, I shared some information. We had kind of a different theme every month. And they it was all about sharing stories and sharing information on how to manage and cope with um, menopause a menopausal transition they were from all walks of life and all different stages of um of menopause and the first cafe i had actually wrote the one you were at there there were some women in their their late 60s attended there and they were just saying that you know they were it was their first time ever in a public forum that they actually spoke or heard someone talk about menopause yeah. um so they they're quite powerful um, yeah, I think this generation is going to, well, I hope they are, the, a bit different. We seem yeah. to be more um, outspoken and open yeah. about um, about issues. Um, I know my mum's generation, you know, harps back to the, the, the silence, but also the the mockery of, of women um, and making fun of women and, and those issues. That's the, the, de- the dehumanising. Yeah. That, that was actually, and, and that is the truth, and that's a, a really harsh word to use, but women were dehumanised in, in many, many ways. And I think um, you also associated with somebody in the menopause as being old. Yes, um, this is why I love... Meg Matthews coming out now, writing a book called The New Hot, like she's calling menopause. Yeah. The New Hot. So this is another kind of a brick that's going to pull that that wall of silence and shame down because there is shame and stigma around the menopause. Oh, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's the reality. So Catherine, since COVID started, then I've gone on to Zoom. So we okay. meet once a month on Zoom. You're very welcome to, to come and join us on um, the 15th of... Um, of October this month we're, we're, we're on again on Zoom and it's literally we come in and we are I share a few, some slides and we, we chat and share um, tips with one another and um, what was very interesting last month was some of the ladies that were there <clears throat> one had gone back to education she was just about to uh, start and another lady had told us she had done a skydive a few days before she um, arrived uh, to the cafe and I just 
thought, wow, it was something she wanted to do for years and she was afraid of heights. But this is the postmenopausal zest that I talk about. Yeah. She, yeah. she, um, she was 54, 55, I think, and uh, she just, it was something she wanted to do for herself for a very long time. And uh, she felt she was on the cusp of coming out of menopause. Okay. And Brida, you know, when you think about it, as we were talking earlier on, and you were saying that the menopause is end of reproduction and end of fertility, mm-hmm. I find that very liberating. You know, I've reached an age in my life, you know, fertility. I, it's something liberating that knowing that, you, you, you know, for me personally, that a lot of women might find that grief and loss at no, no longer being fertile. But to actually sit back and say, you know what, to Mother Earth, your job is done. You don't, you know, you're no more, you don't have to be fertile. Now's your time to go into the years of wisdom and helping younger women who are fertile and being that um, wise woman of Mother Nature. That's a love lovely lovely way Roisin you're kind of reconceptualizing let's say you know what what menopause can can and should be about but the the emptiness let's say or the loss when when our children you know are, are your mothering years are over that's a very real um feeling for for many many women uh, because I suppose culturally for a very long time you know we were motherhood was considered you know that the, the the main role for women but if you look at some of the French research um, they many French women do not have menopausal symptoms which is very interesting because they do not associate their main role in life as being a mother right mm-hmm. so they maybe see. if I change my role now <laughs> so if I change my in my head change my own narrative Brida that I'm not a mother you know my two children grown up flown the nest yippee right I love you both if you're listening but I know they're not but I love you both but they've flown the nest so if I can say I'm not a mother I'm Roisin maybe my menopausal symptoms may decrease because as you know and Catherine knows I through my own um, breast health and um, my own family history I can't take any HRT so that might um, sort of decrease my symptoms as well. But, um, uh, Roshan, you know, you know the way the mental- the French mentality now would be very different to the Irish mentality. You Maybe know, I should go to France for years. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, there, there were papers there that French women, you know, it's, it's liberation. It's what yes. you were talking about, you know. It's my children, my childbearing years are over. Now is the time for me to invest in me and to go off and... You know, uh, these are my best years, and this is the, the French way of thinking about um, uh, menopause and, and postmenopause. It's, it is interesting. Change our own perception of what menopause is and what it means to us. Yeah, there's a, yeah. The, you see, the mindset shifts. It's about that mindset shift is massive. You know, it's like when you change the way you look at things. It's not downhill. It's not a degenerative disease. It's not a loss. Mm. it's you know you've got to change that and um, with that six week course let's say that I do um, Roshi we we go through that let's say over the six weeks um, we go through different um, areas of uh, our life and how uh, menopause let's say is impacted uh, by different areas let's say relationships again children leaving home um we co- I cover anxiety, let's say, and stress at the moment is a, is a huge concern. 
you know, it, it's not only menopause. I think everybody is stressed and, and there's, a, there's an anxiety, let's say, a low-grade anxiety with everybody at the moment because of COVID. Mm. And Brida, if I could just interject there before we go for a break, your, your courses, can you tell us a little bit about your courses and uh, how people could join your courses? Okay, I'm, I, I, I have a few places left in the one that's starting on the 7th of October. It's on every Wednesday night on Zoom from 8 until 10. And it's a six-week course, the, the, the course that I run. And there's a workbook and um, there's um, a weekly um, check-in, let's say, by me in between the, the uh, course on the Wednesday night. And it, it, there'll be t- between 10 and 12 women and we'll be there supporting each other. And the women are going to learn as much from other women as they will from me, because that's what happened when we did it in February, March. Um, you know, we, we, the, there's massive sharing of stories and massive support within, within the group. So we cover <coughs> literally everything. We talk about supplements, we talk about HRT, we talk about diet, exercise, lifestyle changes, we talk about the emotional changes. We talk about spirituality. It's another huge area of research that's emerging for women as we move through our menopausal years and courage, confidence, and pathways out of menopause. That's what covers. But we're just going to go for a short commercial break, but you'll still be there when we come back. Uh, Rita Birmingham and uh, Catherine Peacock, uh, Civil Defence Officer here in Kilkenny. Do stay tuned. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're very welcome back to the Woman to Woman show here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. And um, in studio, we are talking with Catherine Peacock, the Civil Defence Officer of Kilkenny and one of Ireland's most leading experts on the menopause, uh, Breda Birmingham, from the Breda Birmingham uh, Midlife Women Rock Cafe and Midlife Women Rock Projects. Um, Brita and Catherine, if I could come to you both, because, you know, this is both October, it's the breast, uh, breast cancer awareness and the menopause awareness uh, month. But the menopause can certainly cause havoc with women's breasts, can't it, Catherine and Brita? Oh, absolutely. From, from my point of view... Um Yes, it, it definitely changes. It changes a lot about your body, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it changes many aspects, but um, your, your breast tissue can change, um, you know, and, and people may feel that, you know, that there's an issue there um, when, in fact, you know, it's, it's just natural changes in, within the body. But I, I would suggest that, you know, you, you definitely go and get anything checked out, any changes in your body. Definitely, because the hormones can create cysts yes. in a woman's breast, and yes. you know, uh, and that can really cause a big issues mm. if they're not checked. And milk ducts as well, you know, they they also change, you know, which can cause um, what feels like lumps under the skin. Right, and hormones, and many women with breast cancer or even with cysts, they're not. Or if you have a history of breast cancer within the family. HRT is is not always recommended, Breda, is it? No, there's there's a I suppose it's been a, again a very controversial area. Now I know Dr. Louise Newson, um, the menopause doctor, Roisin. She's based in Birmingham, I think, in in the UK. I know she has done a lot of work around looking at which breast cancers are you know responsive to. 
uh, HRT uh, and which are those that, you know, that, that if they're responsive means you, you can't have it. But there are, I know, certain breast cancers where you can have HRT and it's, it's clinically proven that, it, that it's okay. And it's all about weighing up, I guess. It's the balance uh, between risk and um, quality of life. Um, but it, again, it all depends on the type of breast cancer. Like her website is worth looking up for anyone that has breast cancer because she has detailed um, information leaflets there on 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 everything. Um, she's quite a, a um, amazing in the amount of information um, Louise actually distributes to people. But um, then again, a lot of women because they've had the had breast cancer or the scare of breast cancer they just don't want to go near a HRT or vegans or vegetarians I, I actually during the week I had a lady who was a vegan and there's no way she wants to go as naturally as possible and again it's back to empowering women to, to try and find what's the right route for for them in, in managing can can I just ask Catherine there you know uh, when she was 33 she was saying was there any information leaflet or booklet given to her, Catherine? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah. And I, mean, I was just thinking that while you were talking, you know, I got very little information on yeah. on anything, really. Mm. Um, you know, I hope that's very different today. And I know that there's lots of organisations out there that provide it um, besides the, the, the clinical setting. But I think it's very important that you're given that information within the clinical setting. And, and I wasn't. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not fully up to date with the amount of information that 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 is given out. But when it comes to menopause, as Roisin, you know, this last year when I started, um, I started working uh, on the ground because what brought me to to actually set up the Midlife Women Rock Cafes was when I was doing my psychology degree back. I was doing my uh, final year uh, thesis in 2018 and I was going through all the research and like that I was I thought I was getting so angry as I was looking at the papers because the negativity that was in all of it and what I saw was a massive injustice there's a massive injustice out there to, to, to women in their middle years as such when it comes to uh, a lot in healthcare, but in relation to menopause it just didn't resonate. What was in the research did not resonate with me and my life experience working with women on the ground. And I've worked with um, women in very challenging situations, drug addiction, alcohol, um, loss. Um, I've worked in my Ross and South Hill, in Limerick, the North Inner City in Dublin. Um, and uh, women overcome once they're provided with support and information. That's where I'm coming from. And it's the same with menopause. We need to give the women the information, provide the support and provide the understanding of what's actually happening to us mm. uh, from a kind of a, a deep, a deeper level than just hormones because we're, we're more than our hormones. You know, there's more to women than just hormones. Yeah, <laughs> and I would agree strongly with you there, Brida. I mean, I've worked in very similar settings to yourself and um, I would say women can overcome yeah. Pretty much anything. Yeah, um, it's just as long as they have the right information. That's what's yeah. The problem. 
Yeah, and and the positive information as well. Like um, information tends to be the, the negative stuff, um, what will happen to you, um, but it, it's all the the negative stuff that will happen or could happen to your body. And actually, you know what you've been talking about there, the the positives of of the menopause, the the zest for life, the you know the the, the taking control. Like those things are never in the information leaflets. Yes. Yes, and I suppose that yeah, that's where I, I that's where I'm coming from as well with the the project and with the cafes. It's it's about imparting positive information. And mm. what I've got from the women, I've I interviewed twenty women, let's say in depth for my masters, and I'm, I'm continuing to interview women. But it's once they have the information and the, the positive information, because it's not out there, a lot of them say to me. We never heard of this before. We never heard about this information before. And it's the changing mindset, you know. Our thoughts yes. are, our th- you know, become our realities. And if you think your, your best years are behind you and everybody around you is telling you that, of course we're going to think our best years are behind us. Yeah. But they're not because life is changing, you know. We're, longevity is ahead of a, a lot of us, provided mm-hmm. we stay healthy no matter what is happen to us in life and it's the mindset that mindset is so so important and having a purpose I think as well there's a load of research on on that um, on, on finding a kind of a purpose as we move forward in life or co- being able to contribute in society yeah. um, rather than we all all the time taking taking um, contribution and purpose and let's say from the world of volunteerism you know anyone that's working and you're working in an area uh, with the civil defence, um, Catherine, uh, you know that there are people there that sh- I, I'm sure they love their job. Oh, most definitely, we, we see and and a lot of volunteer groups see people coming to us at an older age now, which is fantastic. I mean, you want that, you want the life experience, and it probably is that that whole um, you know new new zest for life that they're looking for something positive, you know, after negative periods. I mean. I would say that I am so looking forward to the period of my life where I, you know, give up work and find that new, that new feeling, and that I hope that'll take me into my eighties or nineties. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have run out of time, and Samantha Rawson is looking to get back in and present Kilkenny today. I would like to thank you yourself, Peter Birmingham from Midlife Women's Rock Cafes and Projects, and Catherine Peacock. Uh, um, civil defence officer here in Kilkenny thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you, it was a pleasure Roisin. Roisin, yep, lovely to meet you Catherine and Roisin thank you very much as always, lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you and unfortunately we've run out of time, stay well, stay safe and Samantha Rawson is coming up next, do stay tuned We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM